Welcome to the Infertility Stress Podcast, where we talk about how to care for your mind and your nervous system during your fertility treatment process, so you can begin to heal from burnout during infertility or prevent it from happening in the first place. I'm Michelle Kapler, fertility acupuncturist, board-certified reproductive specialist, and mindset coach, and you've got episode 52. Hello, my dear. Thanks for being here with me today. A few weeks ago, I offered a class over a webinar called Unraveling Infertility Burnout, and it got such amazing feedback from the attendees that I wanted to make sure that everyone can learn about this info. So today, I'm going to be playing that class for you on the podcast. The audio, unfortunately, isn't superb, but the info is so good that I'll help you put up with it so you can listen to it. If you prefer to watch the video replay instead of hearing it on the podcast, it's available inside the Fertility Stress Relief Toolkit, along with some other tools and resources that you might find helpful. So you get access to that for free. You're just going to want to head to michellekepler.com forward slash toolkit to get instant access. All you have to do is enter your email and then you immediately get to go in and look at that particular video as well as some other tools that I've added. Before I play the interview, I want to let you know about something really exciting that's happening next month, being August 2022. I'm going to be introducing a new way to work with me. If you've been thinking about working with me one-on-one, but want more of a community feel, this is going to be exactly what you're looking for. It's the best of both worlds. You get weekly opportunities to coach with me. And you get to be part of a community of like-minded folks who are navigating their fertility experience and want to feel less anxiety and manage stress more effectively. The announcement for this will be happening in the coming weeks, and you will have the opportunity to become a founding member and get some special bonuses, including a discounted rate for the life of the membership. The catch is that only the people on my email list will have this opportunity, and that's simply because that's just how I'm going to send the info out. This means that you're going to want to go ahead and sign up for my email list, which you can do by scrolling through the show notes and click on sign up for Michelle's email list. Perfect. Done. Easy. So without further ado, here is the class Unraveling Infertility Burnout. I'm Michelle Kaffler, and I'm a fertility acupuncturist and a board-certified reproductive specialist. I've been in clinical practice for 12 and a half years. For over 12 years, I have three clinical locations in the greater Toronto area where I help people in person with their fertility struggles using acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And I also do online coaching and mentorship through infertility for anywhere in the world. And in my career, I've helped thousands of people along the way. So first, what I want to say is you are welcome here. I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of ways to build a family and that family can mean a lot of different things to different people. There are a lot of different reasons why people seek treatment for infertility and I will do my best to use inclusive language throughout this presentation. Sometimes I might use the terms woman or women's health or female female hormones for ease of explaining a concept, but please know that even if you don't identify as a woman, but you have female hormones, for example, This is for you and you are welcome here. Also to note that 
Most of the people who experience burnout are folks with eggs and ovaries and internal reproductive organs. Those people are usually the ones who bear the majority of the burden when it comes to infertility treatment, both in time commitment and in level of invasiveness of the procedures. So I just want to acknowledge that. And also to note that most folks who I'm talking to are socialized as women. So we will be looking mostly at things through that lens. So what is burnout? I think it's good to start with a definition so we can all be on the same page. The clinical definition of burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress. And I think that what most people think of when they hear the term burnout is career. That's classically thought of something that happens because of somebody's job or vocation or career. But what I want to put forth is the idea that we can experience burnout in any situation where we are chronically experiencing stress that is experiencing stress over the long term. And that might be a particular relationship or in a situation where you're a caregiver, or it could be experiencing a chronic medical condition or chronic pain. And I think fertility treatments do fall under this umbrella. So what are the symptoms of burnout? And how do you know if this is you? There are three main components of burnout, and this is defined by the World Health Organization or the WHO. The first one is exhaustion. Um, So you just feel tired or exhausted all the time. Even if you get a good night's sleep or you go on vacation or you take a month off treatment, you still feel worn out and tired, even if you're doing those things that are rejuvenative in nature. The second thing is cynicism and detachment you really just kind of feel meh about the whole thing and maybe you just feel numb the third thing is the feeling of lack of accomplishment and this doesn't mean that you're actually ineffective or lacking accomplishment whatever that even means in fertility but you have this consistent inner dialogue like i should be further along than i am i'm falling behind what have i been doing with the last six months or five years of my life And I've done all this treatment, but I have nothing to show for it. Those are kind of common internal narratives when it comes to the feeling of lack of accomplishment in the context of infertility. And then something that I've found in my patient population and the people that I work with is just a decline in overall emotional resilience. So this isn't actually defined by the WHO, but it's what I've noticed in the thousands of people that I talk to through their experience. And so... Some folks don't experience that numbness that I defined earlier, but they could still be in burnout. And I simply see a decline in overall emotional resilience. When people experience negative emotions that take a lot longer to recover than in the past, or perhaps they're always in a negative emotional state, maybe they feel anxious or overwhelmed all the time, maybe they cry over things that they normally wouldn't cry over, maybe they're irritable or snapping at people for things that they don't think are actually that big a deal. So if you're not experiencing that numbness, this might be something that you experience instead in terms of your emotion. What causes burnout during infertility? There are some obvious things and then some not so obvious things. So this is the obvious stuff. There's the physical pain and invasiveness of procedures, side effects of medication, just feeling not so nice things in your body. That can be pretty stressful and cause burnout in the long term. Other obvious stuff, the time commitments of fertility treatments, time off work, surgical procedures and downtime, appointments multiple times a week and managing work or other life responsibilities, time and coordination for administration of medications. I mean, you need to have two people scheduled to do progesterone or oil injections, and that takes some finessing of the calendar if you're taking it for 15 plus weeks. 
And then the third obvious thing is the financial burden and the cost of treatments. Some of the costs are expected and some are unexpected. And if there are two partners, the burden usually is shared by both people. But I didn't want to leave it off because it's absolutely a contributor to chronic stress and infertility for a lot of people. I mean, most people, and um, there's always exceptions, but most people don't meet their partner, decide they want a child and think, yeah, I'm going to need to spend 30 grand or 50 grand on this part of my life. And that can be pretty stressful too. So then there's some not so obvious stuff. I want to talk about a few things that contribute to burnout during the infertility process, which again is much more common in the person with eggs and ovaries, the person intending to be pregnant, and most likely the person that socialized as a woman. Having a baby is the one thing that my body is supposed to do. Has this thought ever crossed your mind? People socialized as women are being told both explicitly and implicitly from a young age that their worthiness as a human being is mostly determined by their sexual appeal to the male gaze and their ability to make more humans. Having a baby is the most natural and meaningful thing that a woman can do, has been said to us over and over and over again since we were little kids. And we internalize this as the absolute truth when we hear it over and over again. It becomes a belief if you hear something over and over again in that times. So if someone finds that they are experiencing fertility challenges or they simply have a need for medical treatment in order to have a baby, this can leave folks thinking that there's something wrong with them as a human being. And this, my friends, is patriarchy at work. And what I want to say about this, that infertility is a diagnosable and legitimate medical condition. And it's interesting to observe that a lot of other medical conditions, let's say seasonal allergies or nearsightedness requiring glasses or breast cancer or whatever else comes across your path, it is understood that a person typically gets a diagnosis and then seeks appropriate medical care. This might be corrective lenses or some medication or surgical intervention, and it's simply accepted as sometimes bodies get sick and experience anomaly, and there are medical treatments to help. But with infertility, there's often this underlying assumption that there's something wrong with the person trying to get pregnant but needing medical treatment. I'm broken is another one that we often hear. The thought of I'm broken that is so common in people experiencing infertility. And it comes from this idea that in order to be considered a whole unworthy human, if you're socialized as a woman, then having a baby will come easily and naturally to you. There's also this aspect of healthism and diet culture to be aware of. This is something that I talk about often with people in my work, which is that this burden is placed on people socialized as a woman, as women, of fixing themselves and finding and executing on the perfect set of actions to attain optimal health and get pregnant. And infertility is not exempt from this. There's a huge and profitable fertility wellness industry that claims to have the silver bullet solution for infertility. Eat the specific set of foods and avoid other foods on this list. Exercise the right way. Manage your stress in the right way. Breathe in the right way. Take the right supplements. And also, you must do so with a smile on your face and a positive attitude. And if you do all of these things correctly, then you will get pregnant. And this, my friends, is diet culture and healthism. This idea that you can act or eat or exercise your way out of a legitimate medical diagnosis and that it's somehow morally superior if you avoid IVF by doing this, this is a profitable and also problematic idea. 
it leads to a lot of people feeling stressed out and burnt out because they need to do IVF or they needed more than one IVF cycle or to use donor eggs or surrogate. And they make that mean that there's something wrong with them or that they couldn't do it right because their fertility diet didn't work. There's the emotional and organizational labor that goes into this process. Another contributor to burnout and infertility is the unrecognized and undervalued emotional labor and organizational labor that often falls on the shoulder of the person socialized as a woman. And most of the time, the person who is trying to get pregnant is the person bearing this burden, navigating doctor's appointments, coordinating referrals, booking appointments, taking time off work for appointments, managing prescription and medication schedules, keeping track of data and information, relaying this information to various health professionals, and also being the person mostly on the receiving end of all of these treatments and interventions. I often hear things from my clients and patients like, my partner's really great, but they don't really get it. They have no idea what's actually going into this process and the toll it's taking on me. This idea that infertility is a woman's problem and other ideas like this. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this very common, still pervasive, and yet totally inaccurate and unscientific idea that infertility is a woman's problem. This belief dates back hundreds, if not thousands of years, and is deeply rooted in religious beliefs as opposed to scientific understanding of how the body works. Religion would say that if a woman is unable to conceive, or if she experiences miscarriages or stillbirth, that she was sinful or being punished by God. And though we have a different and more accurate understanding of reproductive physiology and how conception works, meaning that 50% of the genetic contribution comes from the sperm, it's still a common misconception that infertility means that the woman did something wrong or that there is something wrong with her. And it's interesting to see this play out in real life practice. And I'll say that what I'm about to say with the caveat is that I'll be using gender language, but I'll be doing so for simplicity's sake. So many times, so many times I've seen this in clinical practice over the last 12 plus years, a couple has been tested and evaluated by their fertility clinic and they're given a diagnosis of male factor infertility, for example. So let's say the couple needs to do IVF due to low sperm count or another semen anomaly. And it is the woman, the person with the eggs and ovaries, who is turning herself inside out and backwards, doing all of the lifestyle things to optimize her fertility, coming in for acupuncture to regulate her hormones, taking supplements to increase egg quality, going to all of the appointments, asking all of the questions. Even though her partner is the one with the low sperm count, who, by the way, refuses to stop smoking cigarettes and take a multivitamin. And this is because she has internalized this belief that fertility is a woman's problem. Everything is on her shoulders, and it is ultimately up to her to make things go in a certain way. And I see this all the time. So you've heard me talk about all this, but I want to make this connection. What is the connection to burnout? You may be noticing a common theme by now. Most of these not-so-obvious contributing factors when it comes to a decline in emotional resilience and burnout and infertility all comes back to these internalized beliefs that affect the way we talk to ourselves internally. This this internal dialogue of, I'm broken, I'm failing, there's something wrong with me, I can't do this one thing that I'm supposed to do. And those inner words, the way we talk to ourselves internally, is what consistently and reliably chips away at our emotional resilience. 
this pressure of, I have to get this right, is the cause of so much anxiety throughout the process. It's those inner thoughts about ourselves that are huge contributors to our mental health and well-being through infertility. So you're probably thinking, okay, that's all really interesting, but what can I actually do about it? What I want to introduce you to is a tool that might help you start to get some relief right away. And I want to introduce the concept of clean pain versus dirty pain. This is a concept that I was originally introduced to by my mentor and coach, Brooke Castillo, but I know it's originated from elsewhere and I couldn't tell you where that is, unfortunately. And if the clean pain, dirty pain part, if those descriptive words don't resonate with you, you can also look at this idea of pain as inevitable and suffering as optional. That quote's been attributed to the Dalai Lama, but again, I'm not sure of the original source of that teaching. The idea of differentiating between pain and suffering is something that's been explored in philosophical traditions and religious traditions throughout history. So for the purpose of ease for today, I'm going to use the terms clean pain versus dirty pain. Clean pain is in response to things in life that you want to feel pain over. It's a very pure kind of pain. Things like when a cycle fails, or if you get a negative pregnancy test result, or if you experience a miscarriage or chemical pregnancy, or you get a test result that concludes that you will need another level of intervention in your fertility process, or maybe that a particular treatment is no longer an option for you. When you're experiencing these things, you want to be in pain. It doesn't make rational sense that you would be happy or joyous about a pregnancy loss or a negative result. Denying that it makes sense to be in pain over these things is what a lot of people call toxic positivity. You know, when people tell you to find a silver lining in a situation where grief and pain are actually appropriate and normal, that's toxic positivity. When you feel clean pain, it's usually very sharp and pure, and it often comes in waves as you go through it. You'll feel a big surge of pain, and you'll get a bit of a break, and then you'll go through your life, and you'll feel another surge of pain, and then you'll get a break for a bit, and then another one will come. It comes in waves like that, and that's what it feels like in your body. Dirty pain is the suffering that comes from a circumstance in which clean pain is appropriate, but the dirty pain part is caused by your brain offering you a specific type of commentary about the whole thing. And it's usually along the lines of, you did something wrong or there's something wrong with you and that's why this happened. Dirty pain usually feels heavy and foggy and unrelenting. It's just always with you all the time and it's always in your mind and body. It just feels like a dark cloud over you and it kicks up emotions to another level pretty much consistently all the time. So I'm going to give you an example to kind of clarify this. Let's take a failed IVF cycle, for example. The clean pain is that it totally makes sense that you would want to feel grief and pain. It's a loss. You might get the news that your cycle was unsuccessful, and this might look like sadness or grief or maybe even anger. And it usually comes in waves. You get a break from it as you go about your day and of your life, and then it hits you again. The dirty pain is the part where your brain offers you thoughts like, I did something wrong to cause this. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. My partner is going to leave me because I can't do this. I'm not meant to be a mother and that's why this is happening. I'm not worthy of parenthood. This is your brain making it mean that the negative result is somehow your fault because there is something wrong with you. And remember, these thoughts that our brain offers us are often heavily influenced by patriarchy and beliefs rooted in healthism, diet culture, and an outdated and unscientific understanding about how human reproduction actually works. So here's the really good news. All of the factors and circumstances that produce that clean pain for us, 
those are all usually things that we ultimately cannot control and that we want to feel pain over. But that accompanying running dialogue of what we make it all mean, that's the part that we can work to change. So in the email you received 15 minutes before the class, you would have received the worksheet to accompany the class. I'm also going to send another email with the replay and this worksheet will be available in that replay email. And so if you don't have the worksheet now, don't worry about it. You'll get a copy. You can totally just write down the questions and answer them with pen and a paper. And then you can just download the worksheet at another time so you can continue to practice with this tool. Okay, so step number one. First, you're going to think of the last time that you felt pain over something that happened during infertility. Maybe it was a failed cycle or a negative test result or a chemical pregnancy or a decision to move on from IUI to IVF. If you want to take some time to write out what happened, I'm going to give you a minute to write it out. When you're doing this in the future, you can take your time with it and completely empty out your head, but I'm just going to give you a moment to do that now. Okay, next question. What is one factual statement that you can make to describe what happened? For this part, I want you to think of one sentence that you can say to sum up your experience. And I want you to make sure that everyone would agree on what happened. There's no room for interpretation and that you would have not added any self-judgment or thoughts to the statement. So you might say something like, the nurse called and told me that the pregnancy test was negative this month as opposed to, I couldn't do this yet again and I failed. That's a judgment. Or another example would be, my period came two weeks after I got a positive home pregnancy test, as opposed to my body lost the pregnancy. You can see that one statement is factual and one statement has a lot of judgment in it. So with this one statement that we're going to make, we just want to make sure that it's completely in agreement that everybody would look at it and say the same thing. And it usually means that the statements are pretty boring. So you're going to write down that one factual statement. Next, what are all of your thoughts about that statement that you wrote down? We'll call it the circumstance moving forward. So in this part, you're just going to write down all the thoughts that come into your mind, judgment, no judgment. But this is the part where you're going to write down things like, I'm broken, I failed, I'm not worthy of parenthood, I chose the wrong doctor or clinic, I must have been too stressed out this month, it was probably that piece of cake or glass of wine that I had my, at my grandmother's 90th birthday, and that's what made this fail. I want you to just empty out your head in response to this circumstance and take a look at it. And then if you can choose one thought, you can choose one of those things that sticks out the most to you or that kind of summarizes all of it, then you're going to want to write that down right at the end. And I'm going to give you another minute to go through this so you can sort it out. And again, when you're doing this exercise on your own with a problem in the future, or maybe you want to go back and look at something that's kind of been bothering you and you want to process through, you can take a lot longer with this. Okay, so pencils down, or pens down, or computer is down. I understand a bunch of you will probably be typing as well. For this next thought, I just really want you, or for this next question, I just want you to kind of tune into your body and see how you're feeling. So when you think that thought, how do you feel 
in your body? Is there a particular emotion that comes to mind? Some common ones are shame, anxiety, self-doubt, but maybe it's something else for you. And I want you to just write down that feeling that you're experiencing when you think this thought. The negative emotion that you just listed, that's the dirty pain. That comes from these thoughts about ourselves that we layer on top of something hard that we are going through, like a failed IVF cycle or a pregnancy loss. All of these thoughts are always niggling the back or under the surface and what are ultimately responsible for a decline in emotional resilience and for burning out. And if all you ever change is simply recognizing that these thoughts are optional and that you don't have to think them about this particular circumstance, that in and of itself can go a long way to cultivate a stronger emotional resilience during your infertility process. A failed IVF cycle is hard and it totally makes sense that you would want to feel negative emotions around that. Sadness, disappointment, grief, anger, all of these things totally make sense. But the part where you're telling yourself that you're unworthy and that's why the cycle wasn't successful, all of that is unnecessary suffering. And it's totally up to you if you want to keep those thoughts. Okay, my friends. So that was the class. And I want to hear what you thought about it. I want you to come find me on Instagram at Michelle Kapler and send me a DM. And I want any feedback and all of the feedback. That's going to be it for me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my dear. 